Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. Well, this morning, I want to preach on faith. And uh, this week, I was having my devotion, and I came across a, a text that I've read a million times. You know one of those verses that you kind of know, it's kind of you know where it is in your Bible, you know where it is on the page in your Bible, and you kind of read this all the time. But for some reason this week, when I read it, something opened in my heart. And um, I feel like God showed me something here that I believe will completely bless you. And it's not just bless you, actually help you build your life in Christ stronger and your love for Jesus more profound. And this was the text that I read. It's in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Verse 2 is the text that I read, but you kind of got to read it with 1 as well. So this is what it says. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace of in which we now stand. And I suddenly saw you access grace by faith. Now, you, you might be thinking, Stan, you're a pastor. If you've never kind of had a revelation of that, what, what are you doing on the stage? But friends, have you ever thought that the way you access the grace of God Is through faith. So often we pray for the grace of God when we should be praying for faith in Jesus. Because if you've got faith in Jesus, you access the grace of God. The, the, the limit is not on the grace of God. The grace of God is flowing. And when I say this context is talking about Jesus, it's talking about salvation, it's talking about justification, it's the peace you have by believing in Jesus. There's this incredible word in, in uh, Romans chapter 4, credited. Credited. It's over, all over Romans chapter 4. And it talks about Abraham and how he believed. And because he believed, it was credited to him. It was given to him. Righteousness was given to him. Because he put his faith in God, because he put his faith in God, it was the grace that was released to him was righteousness. And the whole of Romans chapter 4 and 5 is trying to show Jewish people, that actually it's, you don't qualify by the law, by obeying the law. You have to be like Abraham, who by faith in God was credited with right standing before God. Get that? Friends, this idea of faith, it is no coincidence that that sign is still up. Again, I'm banging on about the same thing. God wants a deeper, more real, more relevant relationship with you. Which actually equates to faith. It is impossible to please God without faith, Hebrews says. 
It is impossible to please God without faith because you must believe that He exists and He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. It's impossible to please God without faith because you've got to believe that He's real. And He rewards. It's like He's pleased to bring faith. and uh, uh, He's pleased to reward us. He's pleased to release grace into our lives for those that earnestly seek Him. The reason why you earnestly seek Him is because your faith is in Him. I tell you, my notes are not even going to come into my thing at the moment. I feel like there is an impartation over this season that God wants to put into the life of that church and this church of faith. Friends, we've got to start living our lives by faith again. By faith in Jesus in particular. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. There's, there's a couple of incredible texts from, from uh, Romans chapter 4. Just like one-liners, and there is a context to them. It's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. It talks about righteousness comes by faith. The other, other text is promises come by faith. Um, he, Romans chapter 4 verse 16 says this, Therefore the promises, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all. You see, so the promises of God rest on the grace of God. And the grace of God is this generous giving God, this kindness, this God that wants to lavish the whole earth with His grace, with His kindness, with His love, which, with His righteousness. But the way you get from heaven to earth, that gets from heaven to earth is by faith. Are we living by faith? Or are we living by sight? Are we living by the seen? Or are we living by the unseen? The Bible says. Because the unseen is temporal. The seen is temporal, but the unseen is eternal. And the stirring, it's, it's like I've realized actually part of my prayer life is God, God, please will you do this? And you're kind of asking for the grace of God all the time. And I've realized, Lord, that's actually not my fight. My fight is, God, do I have faith that you will do it? And I know you kind of pray that because you know he will. But do we believe that he, do we believe that he exists, that he's real, and he is a rewarder of those that exist? that earnestly seek Him. This is, the, this is the thing that I have in my heart this morning. And I'm praying that God is going to up our faith levels. You know what the problem with faith is? It's not like a machine that you turn on and turn off. You can't switch a button or push a lever and all of a sudden faith levels go up. Faith is like a seed. It's an organic thing that grows, that needs to be cultivated. That needs to be, it's like a muscle that needs to be strengthened. It's not like one minute you've got faith. The gift of faith, when the Spirit of God moves and there's a spirit, the gift of faith that gets released in the manifestation gifts, that's a moment of faith where you believe and something happens. But I'm talking about now the faith that we all need to live life every day. Friends, God wants to put a grace over our lives 
But what he's getting to the church in these days is that he wants us to have faith. And you can't get faith by pushing a lever or pushing a button and it increases. You've got a journey with God. So you know one of the great ways that God grows our faith is by challenges and problems. So he puts an obstacle in front of you. Now what are you going to do? You see, the Bible says you don't have to have perfect faith. It actually says if you've got a mustard seed of faith, a smallest, the smallest seed there is, if you've got that much of faith, you can move a mountain. God's not asking for, for perfect faith. When you go and look at the heroes of the faith, the, in the Hebrews chapter 11, all those guys, they were, there was a grace. Noah was given a grace to build an ark. But he was commended for his faith. Not building the ark. Have you ever thought of that? Abraham went, left his country, and he's commended for his faith to go and build a nation. But he's commended, friends, for his faith, not for the grace. The grace is what God gives you. The grace is what is available to us. But faith, and it starts with faith in Jesus. Everything, all the promises are in him. You put your faith in him. Righteousness comes. Right standing before God comes. And then you begin to laugh and live a life that continues in grace by faith, through faith, by accessing that grace through faith. And what COVID has done to the church is that God, it's like God has said, I'm sick of the church with no faith. I want you to have faith now for everything. Not even meeting. I want you to have faith. So we grow our faith by facing life's obstacles and problems. Every obstacle, every challenge is a moment to grow our faith. Do we keep our eyes on Jesus while looking at this thing? This is what it said about Abraham. This is what he did. Remember now Abraham? It's talking about the father of our faith. He says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. So he's got a double problem. God says you're going to be the father of nations, more numerous than the sand on the seashore. But he can't have a baby. Isn't it incredible? We never get drawn back in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, back into Abraham's weakness and indiscretion that he did with Hagar. We get drawn into the faith that he had. That's what faith does. Like when God sees somebody with faith, it like elevates your faith above all our weaknesses and indiscretions, and we've all got lots of them. And he says this, he says, without weakening, he trusted God in faith, he faced the fact, and yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded, I love that, fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. 
One of the questions I have this morning, are we fully persuaded? What are you fully persuaded in? You know that everybody on this planet lives by faith. Everybody on this planet lives by faith. It's just what you put your faith in. If you're an atheist and you don't believe in God and you don't believe there isn't God, well, then you put your faith in yourself. Everybody puts their faith in something because we are religious by nature. We're looking for a transcendence by nature. And either we are it or some God is that or God, Yahweh is that. Jesus, His Son, is that. And if you put your faith in Jesus... It releases a grace over our lives, first for righteousness so we can be reconciled to Him, but then a grace that enables us to live everyday life in all of life, not just in church on a Sunday, in all of life by living by grace. It releases that grace so that we can get on and God can get on with what His desire is, and that is to see His glory cover this earth. Or we can put our faith in not in God, and put our faith in something else, we end up in fear, we end up in anxiety, we end up, we end up over trying to perform because you can never do enough. Some people often say to me, yeah, it's, it, I've said this, and I might have even said this, sin hampers the gr- flow of grace in our lives. I've rethought that. See, I don't, think, I don't think sin hampers it. You know what sin is? Sin is evidence of a lack of faith. Sin is evidence that you don't have faith in God, or you don't have faith in who God's called you to be. So you end up going and doing stuff that is not in line with God. It's the, lack, it's, it's, it's the, sin, the sin that we commit is actually a faithlessness. We choose something smaller than God. Jonah chapter 2 verse 8 says this, you cling to worthless idols and forfeit the grace that could be yours. That's what sin is. Sin is idolatry. You put your faith in something other than God and that leads us into a path of destruction. Must I tell you another evidence of faithlessness? Unforgiveness. You know why unforgiveness hampers the grace of God? It's because it's faithless. You know, when you, when you, if you don't want to forgive somebody, you put your faith in the offense. You put your faith in your form of justice rather than put your, putting your faith in God who forgives if you saw this had God saw you and you knew that Jesus' blood was shed on your behalf and for every sin, past, present, and future, that offense that was committed to you against you, that sin, and I'm not saying it wasn't a sin, that sin that was committed that affected you, do you know that Jesus' blood has forgiven that sin already? That person might not know it, but the blood of Jesus has covered every sin, everything. So how can you hold offense to that person if the blood of Jesus has been put in place to forgive that sin? It's faithlessness, friends. Unforgiveness. Faithless. 
I tell you, friends, God is wanting to outpour a revival of faith in our hearts, a renewal of faith in our hearts that's going to see a revival of grace in the city. Please do understand, when I say grace, I'm not just talking about justification by faith. I'm talking about the grace of God, the, the power of God that gets unleashed. It's the grace that you need to get through your business that's failing at the moment. It's the grace that you need, the power of God that you need to help your marriage get through the tough part that you're going through now. It's the grace that you need for your business to get through COVID in one piece. It's the grace that you need to pay your employees. It's the grace that you need to pay your school fees. It's the grace that you need to heal. It's the grace for healing. It's, it's, it's like when we have faith, God releases His grace in so many different forms. The grace gifts, the gifts of the, of the Spirit are part of the grace of God being released when we have faith. And the problem is our faith doesn't just grow automatically. You've got to work at it, friends. You've got to be intentional about it. You've got to say, God, you know what? I recognize a moment of repentance, a moment of revelation. Actually, Lord, I've just taken a job and I didn't even ask you whether that was the right job. I haven't even asked you. There's a promotion for you. Is that in God or isn't it? Listen, promotion comes from the Lord. The Bible says that. But should you be taking that? Have you asked God? We've got decisions to make. Are we asking God? Lord, and you're trying to hear God. You see, the way we grow in faith is you learn to hear God better. When God speaks, you can have faith in that word. How do you grow your faith? Well, Rome, um, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. I spoke about it last week. Those things that are mentioned there. Praise. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Praise, prayer, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You know how we grow our faith? Praise, prayer, intimacy with God, giving thanks. You know why you can give thanks in all circumstances? All, hey? Not just good. All circumstances is because you've got your eye firmly fixed on Him, the author and perfecter. You've got your eye firmly fixed on Him, not what is seen. And so in the midst of a storm, you can praise and thank God. That's faith, friends. It continues in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's after that verse. It says, and do not put out the Spirit's fire. You know how you stir up faith? is you stand in the fire of God and let the Spirit's fire stir you and move you. And then it says, and do not hold prophecy within contempt, but weigh up everything and hold on to the good. See, the prophetic, the way we grow in faith is the prophetic comes, the Word of God, friends. Without the, this Word of God and the true words of God through the prophetic. Not every prophetic word, and not all of every prophetic word, you've got, it says that you've got to test it, you've got to weigh it up and hold on to what's good. Let go of what's bad, hold on to what's good. That's how we grow in faith, friends. 
You know how else we grow in faith? We listen to testimonies. We listen to, we remember what God has done for us. It's our testimony and the testimony of others. We've started doing some recordings of some people that have got, that are just having amazing testimonies now because we want to start playing testimonies of people that have just, God's done something with in this time. You know how do you grow in faith, friends? You see, it's, it's a journey. It's not, it's not a button you press. And what we've got to do is we've got to make a call to say, God, I want to go on the faith journey starting now. Not tomorrow, now. Paul says this, fight the good fight of faith. He also says, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So when he, speak, when he thinks of faith, he thinks of a race and he thinks of a fight. As I said last week, I've started running again. I did my first run this week where I didn't stop once, I ran the whole time. Hallelujah. Listen, it wasn't, a, it wasn't fast. I'm running on RunKeeper, not fast. But I persevered. And that's what I was like, hey, Lord, please, I just got to, I want to do this whole thing. I'm 5K, so I'm just going to go. You know what, you know how easy it is to to give up, to stop? And you rationalize, yeah, but you know what, I'm just, I'm still getting fit. I don't want to hurt myself. Now, why don't I just take a walk? Just walk for, just two, two light poles, just to catch my breath. Friends, we do that in the race of faith. talks about the fight of faith. Man, I tell you, friends, it's not easy. I tell you now, it's like there's a reservoir of grace that God is asking His church to look back up to Him, to stir their hearts in faith and connect into the reservoir of grace that is ours. And I felt God say this as I've been meditating this week. The faith that you will receive now is for a grace that is for the future. Your present faith, the the building of your present faith is for a future grace. It's like God is getting His church muscly again, ready for the fight. God is getting His church ready for the race because He wants to release a grace, and it's not just over COVID. COVID just happens to be the means. It's actually for the next season that God wants to release a grace for, but it needs His church to be full of faith. It needs his church to be believing like Abraham believed. That it wasn't his own effort. His body was as good as dead. And his wife's womb was barren. But yet in hope, he he continued, he ignored the facts. Can you face the facts right now, but still believe? He faced the facts, but didn't weaken in his faith, it says. And was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Faith trumps the facts, friends. Don't be those that become the kind of name it, and this is not faith in faith, eh? name it and claim it stuff. It's not faith in faith. It's, it's faith in Jesus and the finished work of Jesus over our lives. We faith in God and God's asking us to stir our faith. 
So many people that are on this faith journey and they want to see healing, it's like the doctor comes and says, I'm sorry, sir, you've got cancer. Don't tell me that. Otherwise, you're going to rob me of my faith. I don't want to hear negativity anywhere around me. It's not that. That's cuckoo. Abraham faced the facts, but was not deterred by his, in his faith because he was fully persuaded that God had, could do what he had promised. And you know what? Abraham gets tested. He goes, and he's commended for that. But then he gets tested again. He finally has a son of promise, Abraham. The promise is here. Okay, what I want you to do now, Abraham, is I want you to go up to the top of the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice your son. See, God always wants to make sure that our faith is not in the promise. It's in him. Faith is not in the gift. That's the fruit of the faith. That's the fruit of the... God, you can, you can now worship Isaac. He says, I want you to go up the thing and I want you to kill him, sacrifice him. He's like, what, are you sure? But we know in Hebrews it says he figured out that even if he did kill him, God had the power to bring him back to life. So he had faith to obey God at a whole new level, something that doesn't make sense. Kill your son. I've been told you're going to be the father of many nations or go and, murder you, or go and sacrifice your son. doesn't make sense. He goes, figuring, you know what, even if this happens, God can raise him from the dead. Notice his faith levels. And he gets there. And God just, stop. Take him off the altar. And put the ram that's in, caught in the hedge on the altar. And sacrifice that indeed, instead. Credited to him is righteousness. The absolute wonder of that story, friends, is that thousands of years later, God would put his son on that altar. And he would be the ram. And he would kill him. And that lamb, that ram, would take away the sin of the entire world and give us access to the presence of God and to, and to relationship with the Father like the, like the humanity had never known outside of the Garden of Eden. And that's what we have now. I wonder, Greg, if you wouldn't mind coming up again. I feel like we need to respond, friends, but you know what? You can't hop up faith. Please, faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not like I had an idea and a dream. Okay, no. Faith is God said it. I can believe it. In the promise of God. Faith in the promise of God, not in the promise of humans. Faith is not whipping it up. It's, faith doesn't look like, ah, come on, ah, come on, guys, out your seats, on your seats, we're going, we've got faith. It doesn't look like that either. Because you walk out of here into a problem. What are you going to do? You're going to look back at Jesus and say, God, come. I don't know what. I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Father, you can rescue us from the fire. They were put into the fire because they would not worship the king. I want to be like them where he says, and you know what? Even if we burn, even if you don't rescue us, we're still going to worship you. And God came and stood in the fire with them. And rescued them. 
I tell you, friends, God is so stirring, and my heart is so stirred around this thing of faith. And I realize, you know what? So much of my life, I'm not living by faith. I'm living by my own ideas, by my own strength, even the, the, the thoughts and ideas of others. Fear of man. Fear of man, not faith. Fear. Still fear. And before we worship, I, I just felt this illustration as we were worshiping. Willie, don't you want to come and grab a host puppy of it? Grab that in there. Lap aside. <laughs> there we go. This is the picture I had. See, faith is not, why you can't have faith in faith is that faith is like a conduit. It's like you get access by faith, this grace. So when, when God's heavenly, heavenly power, Jesus, when we're in Christ, we plug into something that releases faith, that, that releases grace through our faith. It's like grace, our faith is like our host pipe. And the amazing thing is, if we weren't in COVID now, I'd get all of you to come and grab a piece of this host pipe and just hold on. Because you see, faith gets stirred by each other as we hold, each, hold this thing of faith in our hands, our hearts in our hands as a community. But if I want to get the grace of God to Mark Wilson, who's standing at the back there, I've got to have a conduit of faith. And that's what God gives to us. He says, I want you to have faith. That's how we get into the world. Your faith is like the pipe that kind of reaches wherever it needs to reach. It's not faith for you only. It's faith for the world. It's faith to see God's name glorified throughout the nations of the world. Thanks, Willie. Let's, let's, let's stand, if you wouldn't mind. If you've got... Uh, about to say if you've got faith all of us have got some faith and friends I'm not saying that nobody's got any faith I'm just saying God wants a deeper level of faith you get what I'm saying yeah? the faith that we need to release God wants to give us a faith now that will release, release a grace in this next season not now and this next season friends God wants to bring the city into revival but it's going to be a renewal of faith in a stirring and a plowing up of our own hearts for him to plant and to do work and to water our own hearts so that we can grow our faith muscles. So Father, I just I ask you right now, Lord, and if that's you, just open your, open your hearts, lift your hands, whatever it is, however you receive, if you want to receive. Can't force you to do absolutely anything. Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and impart a measure of faith right now into our hearts, Lord. A greater measure, Lord. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would, you would stir our hearts, Lord. You would open our ears. You would fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of 
of our faith. And I pray right now, Lord God, Jesus, that Jesus, we would fix our eyes on you and that you'd begin to perfect our faith. Thank you that you have authored it. But Father, will you perfect it through your Son now? And as we worship now, Lord God, will you impart, release, shower over us, clothe us with power from on high and stir our hearts, Lord. We're trusting you in your incredible, incredible name. Amen. Let's just worship for a minute or two before we finish. Where we've lacked faith, Lord, help us to repent, help us to move away from, help us to recognize where we've erred and come back into faith again, Lord. Help us to not give up, Lord. I was chatting to a a young church planter this week. And he said, hey, Stan, what do you, what do you, what's the key? You know, there's like, very often, it's not like a key, it's like a principle, you get that and everything locks. I just said this. Don't give up. Faith never gives up, friends. And I pray, Lord God, that you put a persevering, enduring faith in our hearts, Lord, to fight the good fight and to run the race, Lord. Father, we want to be like Paul and we want to be like those heroes of the faith that are not commended for the amount of money we made, even for the great exploits we did in you, but actually they commended for their faith, for their trust and belief and being fully persuaded that you were the one that gave them the strength, that you were the one that actually did this, it wasn't them. I pray, Lord God, that you, that would be the testimony of our lives when we, when we meet you. Well done, good and faithful servant. You believed well. Your faith was strong. Thank you for that in your incredible name, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. We recognize we cannot do anything without you, Lord. We don't want to do anything without you. We want to tap into heavenly resource. We want to tap into your power and your love and see it spread throughout the earth in your incredible name. Thank you, Jesus, for enabling us. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you that don't know Jesus, right now, you need to put your faith in Jesus. It starts by believing and trusting that he died for you. It starts by believing and trusting that actually he, even though your life is not perfect and never was going to be perfect and it doesn't matter how bad you were and no matter what you've done his perfect life was put in place so that you don't have to have a perfect life and all those things that you've done he died he shed blood paying the price he was that lamb on the altar that ram on the altar and when, when, when he died, he paid the price for every single bit of fallen, unredeemed darkness that could ever exist in all of the cosmos, never mind, just for us. 
and He is coming back again to put everything back in order. And all the pain that we live now and all the tears that we shed now will not be there then because when He comes and rules again, heaven on earth, heaven and earth come back together like they were meant to be. If you don't know Jesus, put your faith in Him now. And if you want to do that, we're available now to pray for you. Thank you for that, Lord. You want something, Beth?